The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Hi, it's Glenn Beck, and it's that time of year when the housing market starts to pick up steam. So if you have been thinking about selling your home, please know a couple of things. Interest rates are going up. They're going to rise the rest of the year. If you need to sell or you're thinking about it, right now is the time to list your home with realestateagentsitrust.com. I started realestateagentsitrust.com because I knew there's there had to be a better way to sell or buy a home. And with the market average for selling cycle of six to nine months, you need to get a jump on the rest of the market. Competition is going to be stiff this year, but with realestateagentsitrust.com, My team has assembled the agents who I trust, who you can trust, who will get the most money for your home as quickly as possible. At realestateagentsitrust.com, we've taken the guesswork and anxiety out of selling your home. So put them to work for you now. realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. realestateagentsitrust.com is a Mercury Real Estate LLC. Thank you very much. Uh, We've got a lot to uh, talk about today. Awful lot to talk about. Our uh, sponsor for the podcast is Brickhouse. Uh, you know, Brickhouse Nutrition is a great company because they uh, decided, you know what? Your mom told you that you're supposed to eat your b- vegetables, and we know you're not going to do it because you're a guy and you're just going to, you know, jam. I know, I hate it. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. I hate it. Yeah, everybody does. But you don't have to hate it anymore because of Field of Greens. Field Amen. of Greens, they give it to you. This, this is a nice little, like, I don't know how to explain it exactly, but you take a couple spoonfuls, you put it into a smoothie or whatever you're eating or drinking, gets you all the nutrients that you need with your vegetables. And you don't have to actually eat the vegetables. I love this. It's a hall pass. I love this. A vegetable hall pass. Yes. Uh, go to uh, BrickHouseGlenn.com. You're going to use the promo code Glenn. Get 15% off your first order. It's BrickHouseGlenn.com. Field of Greens they have there. Also have Dawn to Dust, which I think you'll like as well. If you have some problems with energy later in the day, like I kind of sometimes do. BrickHouseGlenn.com. The promo code is Glenn for 15% off. Glenn Beck. I want to start with the story of a guy named Gregory. He was a musician. He always considered himself a musician first, a soldier second. He was always the brunt of the jokes in his combat unit. But no one was laughing that day. Gregory's unit was in the Soviet Red Army, and he had done the unthinkable while at the Battle of Stalingrad. Battle of Stalingrad was one of the worst battles of all time. But they had survived. Now, that was really not only his story, but the eternal and tragic story of his entire people. Gregory was a Jew, and survival was his birthright. This war, some were calling it the second great war to end all wars, was no different. It was just one more calamity that he and his people would have to survive. Gregory's unit had pushed through the Ukraine. They were now on the heartland of the Third Reich. The sea of German tanks were all scattered before them. Gregory dove into a ditch at the last second while a barrage of tank and mortar fire came screaming through the air. It was then that he noticed something. Although terrifying as the sound of the incoming artillery fire was, it also resembled something extraordinary to him. Music. 
Gregory shifted his thinking from soldier to musician, and the incoming rounds were transformed within his mind to notes and stanzas on a sheet of carefully conducted music. It had order, it had purpose, and more importantly, it became, it became predictable for him. It was his musical mind that allowed both he and his unit to tell where the German rounds were going to strike. That's why he and his unit survived. He would go on to uh, Germany. He participated in the liberation of uh, the Nazi concentration camps. The people behind the barbed wire were just like him. They were all Jews. While they would survive, their persecution was still not over. The Jews caught behind the Iron Curtain now lived in a state of fear and denial under Stalin. And Stalin required all Jews to register uh, as a Jew on their state papers. So every time Gregory now applied for a job or looked for a place to live, an employer or a housing official would take one look at his papers and turn him down because of the three letters on his papers, J-E-W. Same thing was happening under Hitler. In fact, Hitler, after the uh, night of broken glass or crystal knock, as it's become known as, it's he said that all male Jews needed to now use the first name Israel and all women needed to use the first name Rachel. Why? Because the state declared it. They did it because they could. Now, Gregory, after liberating Jews from that nightmare, found himself in another nightmare in the Soviet Union. They couldn't eat kosher. They couldn't become rabbis. They couldn't live as God had commanded them. For them, this is the story of the Jewish people. Just survive. That's why the nation of Israel exists. If people don't understand, that is why. No one ever wants them. No one ever stands for them. They're always the last in line. And so the world decided, let them have this scrap of land they say was theirs because of the Bible. Let them have it. It's uninhabitable. It's, it's just nothing but a desert. There's no oil. There's nothing there. Just give it to them. And the Jews happily took it, restored to their homeland as the only nation on earth to be wiped off the face of the map and then to be restored 2,000 years later exactly as foretold. Israel exists because no one seems to want them. Israel exists because they have a right to live. So let me go back to Russia and our musical friend. In 1989, 40 years after the Battle of Stalingrad, 
the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society was helping Jews get out of the Soviet Union and go to Israel and to the United States. And they provided lawyers, money to find homes, food, even language classes to help them assimilate in their new country. For the first time ever, Gregory and the rest of the Jews that he had known that had survived both Hitler and Stalin could concentrate on something more than just surviving. They had a right to pursue their happiness. They could practice their faith. They could be proud of who they were. They could finally live. The group that saved him It's the Hebrew Immigrant Aid Society. It's the oldest refugee assistance organization in the world. Let me say that again. It's the oldest refugee assistance organization in the world. It was established in the 1800s, and they're responsible for assisting thousands and thousands of Jews. And a few years ago, they opened up their services not just to Jews, but people of all faiths, all faiths that are persecuted and need to be rescued. Their current CEO was asked recently why they decided to do it. His answer couldn't be more perfect. We no longer help refugees because they're Jewish. We help refugees because we are Jewish. The reason why I'm telling you this story is this is the organization that a madman went into Philadelphia to try to stop. This is the organization that was attacked on Saturday morning at the Tree of Life Synagogue. Story never seems to end. Eleven people were killed in the deadliest attack on Jews in our country's history. Stories like Gregory filled the synagogue that Saturday morning. The horrors they collectively endured, unimaginable to most people. And yet here we are, again, the group of people who now have to concentrate just on one thing, survive. Anti-Semitism is evil. Anti-Semitism is a disease. Anti-Semitism is as old as the world. From the moment God said, I will make you my people, there has been anti-Semitism. And it is on the rise as it always is in times of nationalism and socialism. Every time the Jew is the canary in the coal mine, they are always the first And if the world doesn't pay attention at that point, it's washed in blood. If the world decides they need to come for the Jews, I proudly declare myself a Jew. The world makes promises all the time and they don't ever intend on keeping them. But I do. We said never forget. I've told you, you are the audience that will in the end restore. 
restore the republic, save the republic. And it's not going to be through violence. The world is going to become more and more violent. We must be a unique and peculiar people. Because the vast majority of Americans know this is not who we are. This is not who we want to be. And we will stand shoulder to shoulder with our Jewish brothers and sisters. We will stand shoulder to shoulder with our Christian brothers and sisters in the Middle East. We will stand shoulder to shoulder with a Muslim that is being rounded up by the Chinese. The cycle of hate has begun again. And it's not Donald Trump and it's not Barack Obama. It's a cycle that has been running since the beginning of time. And the world always acts the same way. Because it always comes in a time of chaos. It always comes in a time of fear. It always comes in a we cycle when forget the individual. It's what's best for all of society. It's why our founders came here in the first place. It's why our founders defended the Jews. We're a different country. We're a different people. We're not better than the rest of the world. We just see things differently. And if we don't, shame on us. Our pilgrims came here thinking that they were completing the journey from the Red Sea. Our first great seal of the United States was the pillar of fire and Pharaoh's horses and the parting of the Red Sea. I don't want to just survive. I don't want to do something to earn a living. I want to live. FDR said, this generation has a rendezvous with destiny. I echo those words. Our generation must be the generation that breaks this cycle. There is no one else in the world who will do it. Who will stand against this onslaught? Who will stand against the hatred and the nationalism and the, and the, the collectivism? The extermination of people that just aren't good enough. We are headed that way. We are headed that way. Once you cannot talk to your neighbors, once the other side has nothing to offer, 
You have to eliminate them because they're the devil. They're the devil and you cannot deal with the devil. Will the 60 to 80% of this country stand up? They never, ever have. They never, ever have. It was 20%. 20% for the American Revolution. Most people stood on the sidelines. There was another 20% that wanted the king. We have a rendezvous with destiny. Let us be the generation that finally breaks this chain. It's Monday, October 29th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I want to talk to you about getting your life back uh, from pain. If you are in pain, uh, you know. Man, it is. It's hard to concentrate on anything. It's hard to sleep. It's you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, it's going to be a hard day. Get your life back. Tanya and I started taking something called Relief Factor about a year ago. Uh, I am not somebody that usually believes in, you know, well, it's 100 percent natural. Yeah, right. Okay, so you grab some dandelions and now I'm and now I'm going to eat them and it's supposed to be great. Wonderful. This is 100% drug-free, created by doctors, has four key ingredients that helps your body fight against inflammation. I took it for three weeks. That's what they recommend. Take it for three weeks. You take it three times a day. Take it for three weeks. If it doesn't work for you, move on. If it does, you found you've gotten your life back. That's relief factor. 70% of the people, including me, that try, tried it just for three weeks go on to order more month after month after month. So if you want your life back, if you want a drug-free and natural way to ease your pain, try it. You have nothing to lose and everything in your life to gain. ReliefFactor.com. Go to ReliefFactor.com. Welcome to the uh, program. Glad you're here. Um, you know, I, 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 was anybody else disturbed by how the media has handled the weekend news? I mean, Friday we had, we caught the guy who was doing the pipe bombs. The guy's clearly nuts, clearly nuts. And I, I strangely found myself feeling bad for him and not, not in any other way other than. Look at how twisted this life has become. Yeah, and also seems like, by all uh, understanding of him right now, he was just an utter failure in life. Right. For a million other reasons. This, I mean, I don't feel... And he's getting absolutely what he deserves. Absolutely. Uh, but I, you, I could see what you're saying there. Yeah, he he's was, just... I mean, he was, he was uh, you know, a, a misfit his entire life. I mean, he's the, he is the quintessential example of a guy who goes out and kills. He's he's mad at society because he's never felt like he has fit in. And look how the press just what do they do? They made this into Donald Trump. 
made this into Donald Trump. Now that one is at least you could draw a line from the idea that he this has nothing. He to was do at with the Trump. rallies. It's not Trump's yeah. you know fault or anything, but right. like at least he was a Trump supporter. The the guy who did the shooting at the at the synagogue, they're trying to do the same thing. He outwardly hated Trump. Outwardly hated him. He posted on social media about how he was really just assisting the Jews. Uh, that he, he that people thought he talked a good game, but in reality, he was helping Jews, and, and we need to stop it. He hated the guy, and if they're a, still trying to turn it into his fault. If a giant cartoon safe fell on Donald Trump today, and he was removed from the earth, mm-hmm. all these problems would still exist. This is not Donald Trump. Donald Trump is a symptom. There is a sickness in our society. Our political system is nothing more than a reflection of us. And people are alone. They're tired. They're afraid. They don't want to be stuck in the middle between two parties that are blaming each other for everything or blaming them. You know why America is a little upset right now? They're tired of being blamed. They're out here busting their ass. They're out here working every single day, trying to raise their kids, trying to figure out how to navigate and keep their children safe while in a prison system called school that is teaching and undoing everything that most parents believe. They come home. They're tired. They don't know how to solve it. They're overwhelmed. Society is just pouring into their house with with uh, media and social media. And then they have to sit and they have to watch people screaming at each other on TV. And there's nobody actually answering questions. There's nobody actually offering a solution. None of these things anybody is talking about is a solution. It's just blame the other side. And most Americans are tired of it because they're the ones getting blamed. They're the ones that are racist. They're the ones that are misogynistic. They're the ones, excuse me? We're just out here busting our ass trying to make a living while you freaks are living it high on the hog on our tax dollars. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But the, the, what's happening in our society is a symptom. We are unfortunately sick. We welcome to the program, Mr. Uh, Pat Gray. Uh, hello, Pat. How are you? Hello, Glenn. I'm good. And uh, that was, you? Good. How was your weekend? Uh, it was. Uh, it was not great. <laughs> really? Yeah. Why, great. why? Why not? Uh, it was. Uh, you know, uh, bad football games. Uh, experiences everywhere I went. Uh, <laughs> what do you? What do you? What do you mean? Experiences everywhere you. You're not having yeah. a hard time talking out <clears throat> and speaking truth, are you? No, no. That would. That's okay. the easiest thing in the world right now. Sure, sure it is. Sure it is. This uh, this weekend, uh, I had a really, I really had a difficult time. I, I mean, I just did. You guys watch the news at all this weekend? No, as little as possible. Uh, right, a little bit because of the shooting. Just because of the right, uh, get the updates. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. So only to get the updates on stuff. Mm-hmm. I I don't know who's watching cable news anymore. Yeah, I I, I <clears throat> never I, watch cable news anymore. Never. Never. I see the highlights, I get the clips, but I don't I don't actually sit there and watch Fox News I can't, or, or, or CNN or oh heaven forbid NB, MSNBC or CNN just, can't watch just it. Can't, I don't know who's I don't know who's doing that. Mm. I don't I really don't know who's I doing that. I think Trump that. fans watch Fox, 
you know, because uh, it's a safe haven, mostly unless you're watching Shepard Smith. Uh, but uh, <laughs> it's always been that way. But I don't know who watches <laughs> CNN. I don't know who does because that's it's unwatchable. Uh, it's the people who hate Trump, right? Yeah, yeah I, I guess mean, so. the only reason I ever turn any of that stuff on is for the show. You know, because we're supposed to be aware of it, right? Uh, mm-hmm. So you do that occasionally, but I, certainly, I don't. If I was not in this business, I don't know why I would bother with any of that. Oh, I wouldn't. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it, I wouldn't. Listen to them talk about barely this, do now. The synagogue thing is is. Oh literally it's how oh many questions gosh. count count how many questions it is until they can get to a question about why it's trump's fault trump's fault like they had joe lieberman on this morning and lieberman is like you know he said it very slowly yeah. uh, <laughs> Joe Lieberman. Yeah. but he, he's like you know did he he didn't go there did he no so they if the first question was uh you know what about the what's going on you know give us your opinion and he's like you know look i live in a country as a jew where i was basically anti-semitism free my entire life i ran for president and senator i i, I was a i was a winning senator in a state with two percent jewish population mm-hmm. and uh, i never felt some anti-semitism my entire life he's and he's like you know we have to make sure that we don't we don't have that blah 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 this is a terrible tragedy then they're like well what what, what part of of that do you think is is the, the climate of today Oh, and 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 Lieberman, to his credit, was like, "Look, first of all, we need to make very clear that this shooter uh, outwardly hated Donald Trump. Yeah, he was did not you. like Donald Trump. He was not a fan thank of you. Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're still, to do with they're still tying him to him. Yeah, but he's like, still. but more broadly, we do have this problem with with uh, with discourse, and I think that's true. I mean, I, I think that's obviously true that they're overall our discourse is pretty terrible at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but it again has nothing to do with this, and all." These cable news networks are obsessed with telling you that it does. Mm-hmm. They're obsessed with telling you why. Well, we don't want to. We don't want to blame it on Donald Trump. I'm just saying it's Donald Trump's fault, right? That's, I mean, that's kind of what it really is. is. It really, it's, that's what they're doing. We never said that about Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders, never. the guy was working for Bernie Sanders' campaign, and he mm. went out and he shot all of the GOP shot Scalise <laughs> and another guy, and tried to try to shoot tried to kill thirty. Republicans, right? That's right. one tenth of the Republicans. And in he office. was working for Bernie Sanders. Yeah. We never said that was Bernie Sanders' fault. No, we never said that. And neither did Stop they. It. And oh, neither cor- did they. they. Yes, of course not. They course, didn't even talk not. about it because they they had a very balanced view of that one. Right. They understood that individuals yep. were responsible for their own actions that time. That's right. They understood that then. They just don't understand it now because to now it does not benefit them. And and they always complain about discourse. Isn't that a great example of terrible discourse? Yes. Yes, I, we were consistent on both of these things, right? Mm-hmm. When it, if a Republican now the pipe bomb thing, thing thankfully didn't get anybody hurt, um, but you know we did see that uh, with with the uh, Bernie Sanders situation. But both situations, we said the individual is responsible. The discourse is 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 an interesting aside because it, it, overall it's not healthy for a country. But it's got nothing to do with these individual shootings. It's got nothing to do with mm-hmm. it. You, you do not. You do discourse does not commit murder. Doesn't happen. So the reason why we brought Pat, Pat in this morning is because uh, you know uh, he, he's he's doing more on trivia and uh, and more on trivia is is always a laugh and so we wanted to find out how it went on Friday, uh, Pat. Uh, yeah, it's it, you know it's a chance to get away from the discourse for a little while for like an hour a week and, and just and just be mean to people. Yeah, and just be mean to people. <laughs> <laughs> find out how dumb they are. It's great. <laughs> no, that's not so, the scientific justification. So, so no, on Fridays no. on the uh, Pat Gray podcast, uh, the Pat Gray mm-hmm. Unleashed podcast, and on the radio and television network, uh, he does more on trivia, and we have just a taste of how things worked out. Mm-hmm. 
calling convenience stores and asking them, you know, pretty obvious questions. Uh, Brianna, hi. Hi. Hey. Can we ask you, we're going to ask you four quick <laughs> questions. If you don't know the answer, just take a guess and you can't ask anybody for help, okay? All right. Okay. <laughs> what oh, does boy. D.C. stand for, as in Washington, D.C.? That's a tough one. Uh, mm. Something about batteries. <laughs> it's almost impossible. Nobody's ever gotten that right. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Stands for douches of Congress. <laughs> really? Yeah, really? Right out the yeah. top of your tongue, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, a lot of people. Wow. Didn't, uh, yeah. Uh, qu- question number two: How many British colonies in America were there in 1776? Twenty-two. Twenty-two. Right. Oh. <laughs> close. So, so close. close. <laughs> so close. It was twenty-one because Rhode Island wasn't a thing yet. Oh damn it! Yeah, I know. Dang it. I know. I, I wanted to Rhode give Island. it to you, but they wanted an exact number. Um, all right. Question number three: What animal do hamburgers come from? <laughs> Cow. Thank you. Hey. She's got cows. She's got Thank you. Yes. Thought it was your Some some <laughs> of the hamburgers from cows. Others come Aww. from others come from gerbils. But yeah, we're we gonna give it to you anyway. Because yeah. I think it's yeah. about a 50-50 split: cows and gerbils. Um, all right. Question number four, Brianna. What is socialism? Socialism? Yeah, socialism. <laughs> no one ever knows. Communication? It's what? Communication? Communication? Right. Yes, it's right. close. That's right. close. Communication. Oh, You're not going to give it to her? Uh, no, I can't give it to her. Oh, it's a specific kind on InstaChat. It's a, that's, oh, wow. Yeah, we're yeah. looking for mm-hmm. the specific mm-hmm. See, Brianna, you live in California. You're actually yeah. living socialism as we speak. Yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah you're right. Right. <laughs> right. Oh, my gosh. Right. And you thought you were depressed about the country before <laughs> we played that call. Uh, more on trivia. You can hear it with Pat Gray Unleashed. Uh, on every Friday. Every Friday on the Blaze Radio and TV Network. Do we ask what the season record is? Six and two. Not bad. Yeah, it's Not pretty bad. good. Yeah. It's pretty good. We just, we barely lost on the Packers. Oh, they had Packers against too. the Rams. Just mm-hmm. like a two-point loss on that one. Mm, they that had hurt. that game, too. Yeah, they did. Mm-hmm. Yes, Thank you very much, Pat. Thank you. Your phone call when we come back. Uh, First, let me tell you about Blinds.com. Blinds.com's ready to help you get your house ready to have all of the relatives over. (sighs) Can they sleep outside? And I don't mean here in Texas. I mean up north. Can they just sleep outside? Are you looking to kill your relatives? It no, seems like you no, are. Oh, no, 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 no. Because if they were to sleep outside, it's very cold. No, but they can it, well, throw them a blanket or something, a space heater. You know, An outdoor space heater. Yeah. I guess you could do that. Yeah, sure, sure. Okay, well, if they have to come into the house, <laughs> uh, you want your house to look great for the holidays, and Blinds.com is going to walk you through the entire measure and installation process. They can even you, you can even send pictures to them, and they will help with recommendations. Tanya and I, this is what we did, and it was really, really uh, well worth it. It's like zero hassle. Plus, you can read reviews. You can see before and after pictures. You can get the latest trends in colors, patterns at the site. Plus, 20 years in business, 20 million blinds sold. Blinds.com, number one online retailer of custom window coverings for a reason. 
They are the best in the business. And now, through October 13th, you can save up to 40%, plus take an additional 5% off site-wide if you use the promo code BECK. Beck. That's up to 40%, plus an additional 5% off site-wide at blinds.com. Promo code Beck. Rules and restrictions do apply. Glenn Beck. Susie in Ohio. Welcome to the Glenn Beck Program. Glad you're here. Well, good morning, gentlemen. How are we this morning? Very good. Very good. Well, well, I first of all have to say that I love you all. I've been listening and watching you for years, and this is truly an honor. And I can't believe I got through the first time I ever tried to call. So this is awesome. Well, Susie, I'm, I'm glad you love us, but I'm in love with you. Oh, thank you. Oh, wow, you. Stu. Hey, He's pandering. I just... I just I uh, celebrated my 22nd anniversary with my husband, but you know what? Well, I can always be persuaded. Okay, wow. <laughs> let's talk after the wow, show. Okay. <laughs> oh, sounds great. Sounds great. <laughs> anyway, as I told your screen caller, I am one of the good ones from Cleveland to begin with. And what you said before your first break, I was hallelujahing and amening and thank youing for up to the rafters because that is something that we have been feeling for a very very long time and for someone in your position to actually say it out loud and don't you dare apologize for that oh i'm not going to apologize for that you know me you know me you know me well (laughs) enough to know on that one i'm never going to bend on that one in fact Uh, repeat it uh consistently just repeat it um it was fabulous and again it was you know i've wanted to call for so many times and that just made me just pick up the phone and say hallelujah well, thank you. Great. Thank you. So are you coming to the show in uh, Cleveland? Uh, what is it, Saturday? No, it's um, Sunday. Are you coming? No, because we're going to be out of town. Going to be out of town, really, because I'm going to offer you free tickets. But uh, Oh, seriously? Oh, now all of a sudden you're interested. Oh. Well, maybe we can change our plans. You change your plans. I've got free tickets for you if you want, if you would like them. Are you serious? I am serious. Go as my guest. That- that would I, I'll change my plans. Okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Good. 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 Absolutely. Good. All right. Good. Thanks, Susie. We'll see you. Uh, what is it? Sunday uh, in Cleveland. Cleveland. I think it's Sunday. Yes. Yeah. Uh, it's glenbeck.com/tour. By the way, for the tickets and the details on where we're going to be. Yep. You should come join us. It's going to be fun. There's a lot of election stuff to talk about. Lots. Uh, uh, good stuff. Yes. Good where stuff. are we giving gift from the gods as far as yes. material yes, uh, goes? The, the the nation's turned completely insane. So it makes uh, comedy fairly easy. Yes. I'm excited about yes, it. Yes, it does. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pittsburgh, we've got something special for you. We're going to have laughs and, and comedy, but uh, also uh, I am uh, taking all of the uh, proceeds from the, um, from the event, and um, we're giving them to – I'm not sure if we're going to give them to the synagogue or to, or to the, uh, the refugee um, – Oh, yeah. Uh, group. I'm not sure who we're going to give them to yet, but we're we're uh, we're we're standing with uh, Israel, um, and uh, so the proceeds to your tickets uh, will be going um, to a a local Jewish um, center, p- perhaps the the synagogue. It's I'm odd, just not sure. An odd stance from an anti-Semite like you. Why I know. would you do that when you hate Jews so right. much? Um, I noticed you I went know. back and forth. You had a little issue with a reporter from GQ this weekend oh did i uh julia something or other said that she uh was uh, she's a little upset about this and basically blamed anyone who's ever uh criticized i think it was george soros she mentioned uh and i remember her (laughs) and you came back and said this is you know completely ridiculous like it's nothing to do with that like we you know 
And then she posted, here's an example of Glenn Beck supporting the Jewish people and posted a clip of one of your criticism of one Jewish person, George Soros, uh, as as an example of how much you hate the Jews. Now, I did respond because I found an example of you uh, supporting the Jewish people as well when you won the Defender of Israel Award. Uh, that was, I thought, a national award, one of the highest um, and most prestigious awards for someone defending the Jewish people. Right. But beyond that, uh, it was just this, it was just presented by the, the prime minister of Israel, though. Well, oh, that's it. <laughs> that's oh, OK. It. That's, that's, not, a that's not a big that's one. That's not a big one. No, um, it's just amazing, you know, because this is not just a criticism of you and it's not just this one dopey reporter. It's all over the place. And this idea that if you criticize George Soros, that you are an anti-Semite is completely insane. If you are a, a conservative and I, the people in this audience, I would believe all would fall into this category. Many of them would criticize George Soros, but they criticize him because he's a liberal, has progressive policies. He supports uh, policies that we disagree with. So we are criticizing him and for those reasons. And found him to be dangerous all around the world. All around the world. He has a very shady history uh, around the world. That's, but anti-Semites hate George Soros, too. We, in some ways, there are things in common there. However, they don't like him because he's a Jew. The same way they don't like Ben Shapiro because he's a Jew. We love Ben Shapiro because he's supporting the policies that we like. I don't understand racism. I mean, you can get to know people and hate them for valid reasons. Right. You know, like Karl Marx. I don't like Karl Marx. He was Jewish. I don't like him. Not because he was a Jew. No. But because he came up with the idea of communism. I, I'm not a fan. No, not a fan. Not a fan. And the I, like, you're, these liberals have never criticized Ben Shapiro before. Is that because they're anti-Semites? No, it's because they don't like what Ben Shapiro says. They would love what Ben. They would love Ben Shapiro if he was a liberal. And they don't like him because he's a conservative. Is this distinction difficult for people? Can you really not understand? I mean, we all know they can understand it, right? It's not. They all understand it. They're just trying to use this to make it look like conservatives are anti-Semites. You're telling me, uh, you know, Sheldon Adelson, right? Here's a guy who is one of the biggest financiers of the Republican Party. Have you ever seen a word of criticism from liberals about him? Of course you have. Does that make them anti-Semitic? No, it does not. It does not. You can criticize just like when they criticize Clarence Thomas. Are they racist? No, they don't like Clarence Thomas's legal opinions because they don't support what they believe. It's not about it. It is trying to make these into cartoon arguments is such a uh, it's again. This is another example of horrible discourse. Yes. They complain about how bad Donald Trump has made the discourse. You're calling everyone who is criticizing the main liberal and progressive funder in America. You're calling everyone who does that an anti-Semite. How is that possibly in the realm of positive discourse? It's completely uh, disingenuous. And they know it is. They know it's not true. And they go on television and they say it anyway. In this time, in the middle of a tragedy, they say it anyway because they don't care. That is that. That is exactly what they say. They claim to be against, and they do it every day. Wow, I didn't hear a solution there, Stu. Yeah, go, go to Saturn. See, I don't know. That's, that's what I have at this point. Uh, we're we're going to talk about one when we come back. Glenn Beck is coming live to talk about the right path forward and to make fun of the people standing in the way. He might not be able to save the country, but at least we can all go down laughing. Glenn Beck Live, the Addicted to Outrage Tour, on tour this fall. 
Sponsor of this half hour here brought to you by uh, Home Title Lock. Love Home Title Lock. I have Home Title Lock. Stu has Home Title Lock. Mm-hmm. Pat has it. We seconds. all put it in uh, in with our uh, with our houses because we are absolutely convinced this is the crime of the future. And you could get nailed without even knowing it yeah. and lose your house, lose everything. And it used to be basically impossible to protect yourself against it right. um, until home title lock came around. They can Thieves now can take your house, take your title, and you don't even know it. Especially if you have older parents, make sure you go to home title lock and find out how you can protect your home. It's a hometitlelock.com. Go there. See if you're already a victim. They have a $100 scan that is absolutely free if you sign up. Um, check it out. Hometitlelock.com. It's hometitlelock.com. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Glenn Beck. Rest in peace, artistic freedom. Rest in peace, comedy. The leeching politically correct brigade have once again gotten their way. The Simpsons, a show that, let's be honest, hardly anyone even watches anymore, has surrendered to the unwavering demands of a small group of PC babies who have screamed and wailed and moaned that Apu character is culturally insensitive. They've won. A few weeks ago, South Park had an episode about it. Two PC parents give birth to five PC babies, and the PC babies throw a tantrum anytime somebody offends them, and the tantrums don't stop until the babies get exactly what they want, resulting in the people of South Park having to banish one of their oldest, most offensive characters, and they send him to the Simpsons. Yes, that cesspool of racism and hatred. Yes, we live in a world where a group of coddled, whiny people have determined that The Simpsons is hateful. The frickin' Simpsons. The same group that when people said, I don't know if Bart is a good role model, they told us to shut up. Now they find it offensive. (sighs) I mean, who's next? Ned Flanders? That white supremacist cisgender man, symbol of the patriarchy? No, because that's making fun of him, so he'll stay. Mo, the bartender? Why is he taking the job of a minority woman transgender? Where's the diversity here? Because in the world of PC babies, and with every small surrender like this one, the world becomes theirs. Just a little bit more. And it's, it's the way they want comedy. Comedy should adhere to the cultural sensitivity, to the rigorous standards of postmodern social doctrine. Comedy is not answering to the people. It's answering to a group of postmodernist crybabies. What are we doing? In a few weeks' time, they'll be demanding that the, the show now feature more racial diversity, more transgender characters, fewer white or actually yellow characters, fewer police, more professors. The plot lines will take subjects like Marxism, veganism, toxic masculinity, all into consideration. Oh, I'm sure. And cultural appropriation? Oh, the idea that got us into this mess to begin with. The show will become Lisa. Well, not Lisa, because even Lisa, who's a stereotype of the annoying PC kid who ruins the fun for everyone, even Lisa isn't PC enough. It's not going to be the Simpsons at all. The Simpsons, they should all just quit. But I will tell you, if they don't, it'll be the most culturally sensitive, most forward-thinking TV show ever made. 
It'll be the crowning achievement of the social justice movement. And not one single moment of it will be enjoyable, funny, or watched. It's Monday, October 29th. You're listening to the Glenn Beck Program. I'm glad you brought up the Apu thing, by the way, uh, on The Simpsons. Did you see the reaction from the people who started this movement, who did this, you know, documentary, the the problem with Apu or whatever in the article? Where they, you know, Simpsons are getting rid of this character reportedly. We'll see if that actually happens. It seems like it is. And their reaction was, oh, we didn't want him to get rid of the character. So now they're complaining about the fact that their little movie got a, 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 this this character removed from the show. Now they're complaining about it. Oh, we just wanted him to be. I mean, basically what they're saying is, no, we don't want you to get rid of him. We just wanted to write everything that he says. Well, I mean, that's not the, something the Simpsons signed on for. Yeah. You're, you're not going to write Sorry. That's, that's that unbelievable. Crazy. And this is a great lesson for everyone who tries to please. Say, Megan Kelly, I think, same type of mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. You, can't, you can't, no matter what you say, they're never going to be pleased. The people who come after you for these, these nonsensical PC issues will never be pleased no matter what you give them, no matter what apology you say, no matter how sincere it is, no matter... They're not asking you to remove a poo. They're not asking you to change. They're asking for something that you can't possibly give them. And the earlier you realize that, the better. Let me change the subject to enough is enough. When America will enough be enough. New polls. Americans fed up. Crave unity amid violence. Now, this one should terrify you. Because 57% now say they want a third party. They want unity. That number is even higher. But I'm not sure people actually mean this. I'm not sure what unity even means they say that we no longer really uh, agree on the core values of our country which i think is actually true we don't agree on core values but what are those core values anybody know what are the values that brought it what are the things that we're actually arguing about now Way things are going in the United States, 25% are satisfied, 58% dissatisfied. The state of politics, 9% satisfied, 77% dissatisfied. 13% are like, (laughs) Percentage that say Americans are united and agreement about the most important values, 15%. 15% of us say we're united on the most important values. My question is, what are those values? sincerely what are we fighting for are we are we fighting for lower taxes here's what the the, here's what the survey uh shows where we divide on our quote most important values politics in this country is politics a value um moral ethics in our country Is that a value? Race relations. 
gap between rich and poor, the state of the news media, the way things are going in the U.S., the environment, the way things are going in your state, rights for LGBT, status of religion, homeland security. With an exception of a couple, those aren't values. Those are issues. That's a political campaign. And perhaps that's what we're missing. See, I I firmly believe, and I, I, I wrote this in the book Addicted to Outrage. We have a few things we have to decide. We have to decide, one, is the Western world worth saving? Is freedom, as our founders saw it, is it worth saving? Yes or no? And I don't want you just to, you know, jump off and, yeah, absolutely. Why? Why? Why is it worth saving? Who can articulate this? Why is it worth saving? How has it changed the world? In specifics. Who can make that case among us? Who's making that case to their kids at dinner at night? In specifics. Is America a good place or a bad place? We have to decide. Because half of the country says it's a great place. Half of the country says, and I don't even know if these numbers are accurate in half. I doubt they are half. But let's just say half the country says it's a bad place. Half the country says it's a good place. Which are we? Sincerely, which are we? We have to choose, don't we? Because it's a binary choice, isn't it? We're good or bad, right? It's a binary choice. You have to choose one. No. No, you don't. It's not a binary choice. The answer is we're both. We're both. We've been both bad and good. We've had really good intentions, and the pathway to hell is paved in good intentions, and we have great intentions now. On both sides, we have great intentions. What are we going to do with those intentions? Because you rarely live up to them. Have you heard anyone actually make the case for America? And not just in red, white, and blue flag-waving terms, but why is America important? Why is the Constitution worth fighting for? Because if we don't know, let's just get on with it, man. Let's just move on. I, I'm. I, we cannot sit here and argue about the greatest issues of our time. We don't have our basic. Let me. Let me I want to make sure I have this right. Our our basic essential values in line, like climate change. You can say one of our values is how do we treat each other and how do we treat the earth? Okay, that's a value. That's not climate change. Climate change comes off of that value and principle. Climate change is, okay, is there a problem? 
Is there a problem? Well, I'm sorry, but the science is not settled. The, the climate is constantly changing. It always has. That's why we, we had the Ice Age. Where were the SUVs for the Ice Age? It always changes. Now, can we do things that can affect the climate? I don't know. Some people say we can. Some people say we can't. The evidence is spotty at best, and you can't trust the evidence that is there because we have too much evidence of collusion and coercion in the scientific field. You give me clean-cut studies? Okay. But that's not even what we're arguing about. We're arguing about what to do about it. See, they keep making about... You know, whether it's happening or not, I'm willing to give you the benefit of the doubt. I'm willing to say, okay, it's happening. All right, it's happening. What do you want to do about it? Well, the solutions are insane. The solutions don't work. Now, that is a political discussion. That is a political discussion. You know where our values come in? On that particular discussion, when someone says the science is settled, shut up. That's the violation of our values. When people sit down at the table and say, look, I care about the environment. I really do. I disagree with the science. And here are the people on my side that are showing you that this is coercion. This is collusion. And that your your system, that your you're, 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 you're touting is nothing more than a political system and it doesn't work. That's a political discussion. Those are the things we should have. What brings us together at the end are the values. We both care about the earth. Who doesn't care about the earth? Sincerely. Who doesn't care about the earth? And I'm tired of being lectured by people who will go and protest and leave a sea of garbage behind them for others to keep and clean up. I'm sick of it. Don't tell me you care about the environment. And then after a protest, everything is nothing but litter. You either care about it or you don't. Words don't mean anything anymore. Only actions do. Don't tell me what you believe. Show me what you believe. By doing the tough thing. And you know what the tough thing is right now? The tough thing is not saying something that's pleasing to your crowd. The tough thing is to say the things your crowd doesn't want to hear, but are right and no one is saying them. That takes courage. That takes conviction. That takes honesty. That takes compassion. That takes empathy. Those are values. So what are our values? How do we find them? Are they even worth finding? That question has to be answered first. We'll go there next. So, 
Control of the House and the Senate are at stake in the midterms. It is up to us to find the most qualified candidates for the jobs. I wish we had ZipRecruiter. They could just send us our resume, their resumes, and we could go, yep, don't want to hire that person. I wish it was, I wish we took it like that instead of like a team sport. Well, you hired this guy, so you got to hire that guy too. I don't want that guy. Yeah, I mean, that would be a nice way to go through it, actually caring about the policies that they yeah. are into, yeah. and that would be, that'd it be would fascinating. Be, it'd be, it would be, it would be. ZipRecruiter doesn't want you to wait for the candidate to find you when it comes to your business. They'll go out and find them for you. Powerful matching technology scans thousands of resumes to find people with the right skills, the experience, and education for your job, then actively invites them to apply. You get qualified candidates fast. No more digging through piles of the wrong resumes. There's less waiting and more hiring happening right now with ZipRecruiter. Number one, rated number one by the employers in the U.S. from hiring sites like uh, Trustpilot with over a thousand reviews. It is ZipRecruiter. Try it for free right now. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash B-E-C-K. ZipRecruiter.com slash Beck. Bad country or a good country? See, that's that's the question we have to ask now. Is the Western way of life we're saving? Is it good? Is it nothing but a bunch of cis, cisgender males, white males, white Europeans that have oppressed people? Is that is that all? Is that all it is? Can I ask you, Stu? When do you think World War II officially started? When did it really start? Start. So not our involvement in it. Yeah. Not our involvement. Oh, uh, God. I mean, the date I'm not going to get right. Yeah, I know. Just give me an event. Uh, God, that's a tough one. Uh, Would you say Germany invades Poland or, you know, breaks the treaty like, with, you know, yeah, I mean, the church, treaty. Uh, 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 Chamberlain or I mean, the Berlin Treaty? Because so you're talking events that lead into other events. I mean, okay. you could go a million different places in there. I'll give you I'll give you one. How about when Japan invaded China? Happened in 37? If you live on that side of the earth, yeah. you think World War II started then. Japan invaded China, Manchuria. They said the only problem with Manchuria is all the Manchurians. Mm. Well, that sounds familiar. Uh, and so they invaded, and they started a mass slaughter. Mass slaughter. All of the, you know, the bad bombings of civilians... That happened years before we were doing it or the Germans were doing it. It ha- it started in 37 in China with the Japanese. Well, where was the white man? Now, you know where the white man was? You know how history reflects this now? America didn't say anything at the time. America didn't step up to the plate and stop the slaughter in China. So wait a minute. Hold it just a second. So are we supposed to get involved in everything or are we not supposed to be involved in everything? When we get involved, you blame us for getting involved and saying we're trying to jam our stuff down everybody's throat. When we don't show up, you blame us for not showing up. Either way, according to you, we violated, quote, our values. What are our values? Well, our values used to be, we are enemy of no one, friend all. Now that gets a little dicey. 
gets really dicey. Didn't get dicey, apparently, when the Japanese invaded China. Yeah, that's because they only care about Europe. No, actually, no. We couldn't fight on all of the fronts. We had to choose. We didn't even want to go save Europe. America didn't even want to go into that war. Well, how could you? Oh, my gosh, how could you? It's Europe. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. We're supposed to go save the white patriarchy? We're res- Wait a minute. We're to blame for all of that because we didn't go in and save the white hierarchy? I thought you just said that was bad and should be destroyed. Is America bad or good? Let's have that discussion. Glenn Beck. Mercury. A couple things I want to uh, I want to address before we we get off the air today. There's so much to talk about. Um, we got to talk about Twitter and what they're doing now because it it brings it brings the point that I was just making home about what are our values and what are the problems that we're trying to solve. They're different. People are now saying that you know the problem is is that Americans don't agree on basic values and principles anymore. Well, I agree with that, but nobody even is talking about those. When's the last time you heard anyone really talking about values or principles in the mainstream media? Tell me, last time you heard that talked about on Fox or on CNN or MSNBC. Tell me. Defending basic principles. What are those principles? Well, American principles we used to find self-evident. That all men are created equal. So you want to talk about the uh, the the shooting in um, in uh, Pittsburgh? Great. That guy has violated American principles. All men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights. Well, one of those rights is religious. Their right to to pursue God the way they pursue God. Now, how about the principle violated uh, by the bomber? Crazy guy. Crazy guy. Well, all men are created equal and endowed by their creator with certain inalienable rights. Among these, freedom of speech. Freedom of expression, freedom of assembly, freedom to petition your government. Well, I don't like what those Democrats are saying. I don't like what the media is saying, but they have a right to say it. So do you target them for death? No, not if you want to talk about principles. Everything else is about politics. Now, we could talk about his mental health. And that would be something else that would be a very valid uh, topic. We got to talk about mental health in America. Americans are feeling more and more alone, more and more isolated. Communication is going through the roof. But none of those are principles. Do we take care of one another? Well, that's a golden rule, isn't it? That's the golden rule. See, we, we just assume that, and we were awake for a while, and I'm not, I'm not sure if we are as awake as we think we are now. We woke up and we, we really, um, 
We really learned, uh, I think, under Barack Obama. But now many of us have gone back to sleep because, okay, our side is in charge, and so they'll take care of it. No, no, they won't. That is the problem. No, they won't. We are the answer. They are not the answer. We are the answer. And you're not going to learn this through osmosis. Found an incredible thing happened to me. My, my son finally got into American history. And I couldn't wait. Because I'm thinking, okay, he's going to slam. This is going to be the easiest thing ever, American history. Living in my house. Going to my speeches. Listening to me. You know, helping me pack things up for speeches. You know, all of these rare documents. Going with me and being in the museum. Going through the museum. Even, even giving uh, tours in the museum. I thought this is going to be easy. Nope. Constitution? Nope. Declaration of Independence? Nope. He's heard it a million times. Nope. I'm starting a class at my house tonight. All of my kids. Yeah, even the 30-year-old. They're all coming to my house every Monday night. The little teeny kids, the grandkids are going to bed. The minute those kids are in bed, class starts. Is there going to be a test, Dad? Yep, you damn right there's going to be a test. And it's pass or fail. Oh, good. If you get one wrong, you fail. And you got to take it all over again with me. <laughs> we, need to know the, the, we need to know the basic principles. I'm going to be talking about some of these principles on our tour. We're going to have a lot of fun, but I also am going to talk about the principles and how our country came together and why. Why it's worth fighting for? What are we fighting for? Come, come. We go on tour, I think it starts Thursday. We're in Thursday. We're in uh, Richmond. Then we go up to Hershey, Pennsylvania. Then on Saturday, we're going to be in Pittsburgh. I'm taking all of my profits and proceeds. All of it is going to go uh, to the Jewish community in Pittsburgh. Uh, we have some special things uh, planned, actually, for each night, but especially in Pittsburgh. Grab your tickets. Join me in Pittsburgh. And then Sunday night is in Cleveland. Bring your kids. Bring your kids. You want them to learn? You want to laugh? Great. We're going to laugh. You want to learn and teach your kids? Bring your kids, too. Glenbeck.com slash tour. So Twitter today has said that they're thinking about getting rid of the like button. Okay, well, how the hell does your your algorithm work without the like button? Isn't that the point? So you don't like what the you don't like the outcome. Well, okay. And then the idea is you're incentivizing people to say things in the most inflammatory way, right? So that they get likes from their followers, and it's incentivizing an unhealthy conversation. No. <laughs> Twitter is not a healthy conversation. No. No way. Hi, who did Jack? Did you think of that? <laughs> Good for you, Jack. So, they're now looking what what can we replace the like button with that will further decent conversation? This isn't a value. This isn't a principle. It is our principles and values that have gone wrong. We don't mind shouting at each other. We don't mind treating people like they're not really human. We don't mind that. Not on Twitter. Say whatever you want. Do whatever you want. Ah, I like that. He's putting them in their place. Yeah, it feels good. 
You know what would fix Twitter? You know what they should do? They should come up with something called, um, oh, if they could just promote something like, uh, like the golden rule. Do unto others. See, that's the problem. We're at the surface. Hey, how come people are screaming at each other? What happened to the foundation that kept us together in the first place? What helped us cure the ills of our society when we had racism? What cured it? Our faith, our belief in the golden rule. Those are our principles, America, and those are the things that nobody wants to talk about. Even your church doesn't want to talk about those. Your church should be talking about politics all the time, but not who to vote for. Just look at the ills of society. Here's what's happening. What's causing that? I can guarantee you almost every time it's because we've deviated from first the Bill of Rights and second, and it actually is building the other way, the foundation is the basic idea behind Judeo-Christian values. Be good to each other. Help one another. Love one another. You're worthy. You're capable. Every time we've had a problem, the Civil War, how was that stopped? By Bible-believing people. Yeah, well, Bible-believing people also took it the other way. Of course that always will happen. Look at how many people have taken and twisted the Constitution to say things that it doesn't say. Of course. Those, that's people. What's the essence of what God is telling us? What is the essence of, I swear to you, every, almost, except for the taxes, almost everything after the 10th Amendment is just a repeat. We think we're coming up with new things. Yeah, well, we need an amendment now to say that blacks can vote. Slavery shouldn't happen. Really? Do we? Not if you understood the first 10. It's all covered there in the first 10. Just doesn't say, okay, for you people who are stupid, that means black people too. Women can vote. It's time we say women can vote. Well, women voted in the colonial era. <gasps> they did not. Yes, they did. They did not. Yes, they did. Well, we need an amendment to tell the women to vote. Okay, for you who are too stupid and didn't understand the first ten. Yes, women, yes, that's the same thing. That didn't mean all men are created. They meant all people are created equal. Isn't that funny? Yes. You're so cute. <laughs> well, I mean, they, they weren't voting at that time, which is why they put the amendment in there, right? You know, slavery was going on, which is why they did it. But your point is because they needed to clarify what the actual original those are only clarifications. Yes, those are only clarifications. We blew when we said all men were created equal. We blew it by you know not including black men in that. So no more slavery, right? Like that that is uh, we didn't blow it. You didn't understand it. They understood it. The founders were very clear, very clear. What is it about 
Thomas Jefferson when they have the Constitution and it doesn't stop slavery. It only stops the slave trade. What part of because I know God is just, I tremble for my country. What part of that? Right, as but there a was disagreement to-, to that, which was why they didn't ban it in the original document, right? I mean, it, you know, I, yes, right, like that's the issue. And I think like that, it erased that disagreement. I think what you're saying is that that was because that was absolutely Jefferson's intent to yes. get rid of slavery. Absolutely. It's unquestionable. I mean, you read his writings on the topic. It's unquestionable. You read the first draft of the Declaration of Independence and his handwriting changes. Oh, yeah. It gets he's, big and angry. angry. Yeah. Uh, and so it's unquestionable, but it, you know, un- he had to remove that to get the thing done uh, because of requests by a couple of southern states at right. the time. And you know what? Hey, progressives, if you believe, if you believe that uh, global warming is going to be the death of all of us, if you really believe that it is what you say it is, and we only have a few more years, then why don't you start a war? And kill all of the people that disagree with you. Because that's exactly what our founders were up against. You don't believe in slavery? Good. Start a second war and now slaughter the people in your own country that you don't agree with. That's what it was. And so they decided, no, I'm going to take progressive steps. We're going to get rid of it here. We'll get rid of it here. And we'll keep working on it because people will finally see the light of day. We don't want another war. Progressives, don't you dare, don't you dare condemn them when you won't kill the person who disagrees you with you on global warming. Isn't that just as much of a danger? In fact, perhaps even more so because it will kill all humans. It will kill all life on the planet. What makes you so different? More in a second. First, I want to tell you about our uh, sponsor this half hour. It's my Patriot Supply. When an emergency strikes, what is your first impulse? Your your answer is to run to the grocery store, right? You hear a snowstorm, got to run to the grocery, got to get the grocery. Uh, how do you avoid it? It's really simple. You use today to make a plan. There is time to prepare for a hurricane, earthquake, blizzard, social unrest. The practical place to start is just by storing up some food in your home. Now, I use my Patriot Supply for food storage. I have for a very long time. If you don't have an emergency food supply, it's really... If you've listened to me for any given time, this, this, this is the time that we've talked about. This is the beginning of it. This is it. What I've talked to you about coming our way, we're here now. So if you've ever believed in any of that, now is the time to prepare a two-week food kit that comes in a rugged tote so you can grab and go. This week, it's only $75 when you go to preparewithglenn.com or call 1-800-200-7163. It includes breakfast, lunch, dinner, up to 25 years in storage. You can order now, prepare yourself and your family, and then let it go. 800-271-63 or preparewithglenn.com I'm glad you're here. It's Monday. We're going to try to make it a little easier for you and try to make sense of the world for you. 
uh, in our uh, last hour. Take some, give you some action steps and some some meaning behind the news. Also, we go back and uh, uh, look at uh, the hurricane in Florida because they're far from done uh, in Florida. That's also coming up. Uh, and don't forget, we're going on tour this week and can't wait to see you. It's going to be uh, an awful lot of fun. Uh, Stu and I were um, working on the show on Friday. <laughs> just to say, I mean, it could go one of two ways. It could, it, it might spiral out of control. It, it just might spiral out of control. Uh, we go on uh, Thursday to Richmond, Virginia. Then on Friday, we're up in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Uh, then uh, Saturday, we're in Pittsburgh, and there's some uh, special things we're going to be doing in Pittsburgh. Buy your ticket if you're anywhere in the area. Come to Pittsburgh. Uh, I'm donating all of the uh, proceeds uh, to uh, uh, to the Jewish community in Pittsburgh. I just don't have time to get to the theater to buy my ticket, Glenn. There's just, I mean, I'm sorry. I'd like to, to do that in advance, but I can't. No, you, you go to glenbeck.com slash tour, and that's uh, where you can buy your tickets. So. So I can go. Anybody can do that. Is that a special nope, thing? Nope, that's anybody just... can do that. Glenbeck.com slash tour. And then Sunday, we're in Cleveland, Ohio. I, 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 sorry that it is on a Sunday. I don't usually do anything on a Sunday, but it was the only time uh, that we could uh, that we could do it and fit it in the schedule. So Cleveland, Ohio on a Sunday. Bring your kids. Bring your friends. Bring a sense of humor and possibly a notebook because there's also going to be some things that I think... Uh, we're gonna we're gonna go over and uh, and uh, and learn together. It begins this week. Hey, it's Glenn, and I want to tell you about something that you should either end your day with or um, start your morning with, and that is the news and why it matters. If you like this show, you're gonna love the news and why it matters. It's a bunch of us that all get together at the end of the day and just talk about the stories that matter to you and your life. The news and why it matters. Look for it now wherever you download your favorite podcast. Glenn Beck. The following story is brought to you by New Pooparoni. Poop. Aroni on San Francisco streets. That's right. San Francisco has taken illegal immigration to a new level. How is that possible, Stu? They've not only embraced it and paid for it, they're using it to further their agenda as well. In July, the city designed a new registration system aimed at getting non-citizens to cast votes in school board elections. In other words, the city now is registering, quote, non-citizens. Now, that's a compound word, and I've not seen it before. It's, it's hard to keep up with the euphemisms, but let me, see if I can, let me see if I can trace this tree back. Non-citizen means undocumented immigrant, which actually means illegal immigrant, which actually means an illegal. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yesterday, we discovered that the city has enrolled 49 new vote voters at the price of $6,000 each. In total, the city has spent so far for these 49 voters $310,000. That's money well spent, huh? As with all things related to San Francisco, this whole thing uh, has been related to what? The hatred of President Donald Trump. Orange man, bad. 
When asked by the San Francisco Gate about the new system, Shimon Walton, a district commissioner in the city schools, told the paper that, quote, he wants families with children in these schools to have a voice. Oh, there's nothing there's nothing better than helping people have a voice by creating a huge bureaucracy around it. He added, Trump will not always be president. Hopefully, we'll have leaders who are inclusive and really believe that if you are a resident of this country, you should have the same rights as other people. I'm looking forward to a time when our families will have a bigger voice, end quote. Now, part of me thinks we should send buses to the caravan. We should we should hasten the return of this caravan. We should drive them directly to San Francisco and tell them, okay, you can come to America, but you have to stay in San Francisco. Let me ask you this. Living in San Francisco and taking caravan after caravan after caravan, how long before those caravans are clawing their way out of the city of syringes and human feces where people pretend to be more enlightened than the rest of the world? The Glenn Beck Program. Election by numbers. So we are just a week away, a week away tomorrow from the election. How are things shaping up, Stu? Well, first of all, it's interesting that you point that out because I say the same thing. We're a week away from the election. We are in the middle of the election. Yeah, you're right. You're right. And and it's so bizarre because this has changed. There is no longer an election night. That is not a thing that exists anymore. I know it's weird to say that, but so far, about 18 million people have cast votes in this midterm election. That's currently... Uh, up till today. Now, to give that perspective, there's about 75 million people who cast votes in the 2014 midterms. So you're talking about about a quarter of who voted in the 2014 midterms have already voted, already down. Uh, so, you know, this is going on constantly now in the last couple of weeks of these elections. There's a totally different way of thinking about this. And of course, you know, these campaigns like it because it gives them a chance, gives them so many chances to get people to go and get people to to the polls and force them to go early they get all the activists out and they can have them go and you know go pass out you know go take down ted cruz signs or whatever the heck they're right. you know, their their uh, volunteers are doing on that particular day but there's one interesting way of looking at this we talk a lot about uh, districts that have changed from obama to trump people who voted for obama and then changed to trump and there's a, the other side of that are people who voted for romney and changed to clinton and there's an interesting uh, <laughs> breakdown of mm-hmm. these. There were, uh, let's see, I think 13 districts that voted for Mitt Romney in 2012 and then voted for Hillary Clinton in 2016. So in 2012, on average, uh, mm-hmm. according to 538, had a, about an eight-point advantage for Romney. In 2016, it was a five-point advantage for Democrats. So what, what are we closer to? I think it's interesting to see where we are when it comes to the polling. As of right now... Uh, we have about a two-point advantage for Democrats in those states. So if you look at it kind of to, to summarize those stats... They've kind of lost three points? Uh, well, well, three points. Democrats have lost three points from 2016. Correct. So less passionate in 2016, but a big, big move from 2012. Got it. So they're kind of in the middle, but leaning towards the Democratic way they voted in 2016. Correct. Now, there are 21 districts that voted for Barack Obama and then voted for Donald Trump. 21. Uh, so in 2012 with Barack Obama, they had about a six-point advantage for Democrats, for Obama. Uh, in 2016, that swung from all the way back to seven points Republican for Donald Trump. So it was a huge swing there. 
These are, you would think of these as real swing districts. So far, polling is showing that leaning to the Democratic side by five and a half points. That's big. It's a big change. So, and that was, that's almost equal to where they were voting around, around Barack Obama's time. So if you look at that, the people who were voting for Obama and then switched to Trump are kind of back to the position where they were voting for Barack Obama. With Romney, uh, the people who voted for Romney then went to Clinton. They're in between those two positions, but leaning towards Clinton. That's where these uh, districts show up. There's also five states where this is uh, where this occurred. Five states, uh, Florida, Michigan, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, where they voted for Barack Obama, then changed to Trump. In the Obama election, it had about a five-point advantage for Obama in those states. In the Trump election, there was about a two-point advantage for Trump. Right now, those states are showing a 12-point advantage for Democrats in Holy those states. Cow. Now, part of that is it's a little bit different than what you would say in the House, where they're broken up into little areas, and there's so many candidates, yeah, yeah. and they're up all the time. Where this is, some of these races are just, there's popular Democrats already. Pennsylvania is an example of that, where they have a, just a big lead. Uh, it's not because, I don't think that's necessarily solely because of some switch. Like so, they just have a so tell me what all this that. means from last week. Are the Democrats making, is, is the momentum start to, is starting to swing back towards the Democrats? I would say it doesn't tell you much about the Senate, but it's, I think it does tell you something about the House, which is there was a the hope that there would be some movement in the House towards Republicans. These numbers aren't showing that. I mean, it, right now it when, still seems like the Democrats will take the House uh, and the Republicans look pretty solid in the senate right now when will we see any movement at all uh due to the shooting and the bombing well the polling wouldn't even start probably in, if you want real polling in yeah. a reaction that at least till today so you'd have three i mean you're probably not till later this week thursday or friday at the earliest okay I would say. we'll look for it then thank you election by numbers on the glenn beck program this weekend uh, as you know a gunman opened fire at the uh Tree of Life Synagogue in Pittsburgh. He shot and killed 11 people during Sabbath services. He injured six others. Four were police officers. The guy was insane. He hated Donald Trump. That doesn't make him a Democrat. It doesn't mean that he was, you know, following, I don't know, Cory Booker or whoever. It just means this is not political. And should it be? Why do we keep jumping to politics first? I can't imagine what these families are going through. Pennsylvania has taught us before with the Amish how to deal with killers. If you've been listening to me um, for a long time, you know what I believe is coming and have said is coming for a while, and I'm always wrong with timing. But I don't think there's any way to deny that what I've warned was coming is here now. We're seeing the beginnings of it now. And it's only going to get worse, and it's going to get harder. It's going to get harder for you to stand up. Have they taken Gab down yet? I think the the service provider for them has taken them down. Um, I don't know if they're back up. So it's not Gab's fault. Gab is a it's like kind of a t- 
Twitter competitor, I guess you would say, that that wound up uh, becoming a safe haven for anti-Semites, I guess. And, 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 you know, I don't want that. Nobody wants that. But we either believe in freedom or we don't. And yes, I don't I don't like the poison that they put out. But I also don't like the silencing of voices. This America, man, this is American principles. You can't silence voices. This guy was a deeply disturbed, really bad guy. You know, you watch TV and you see the victims, the faces scrolling across the TV screens. And you might think that things are getting worse. And I guess, historically speaking, this is the worst anti-Semitic shooting we've ever had in the history of our country. Eleven people. On the positive side, that's nothing compared to some countries. I saw some reporters say, you know, the problem is, is uh, this is Donald Trump. I hope you I hope you're happy that you have your uh, your synagogue or I'm sorry, your uh, your embassy in Jerusalem. Really? Really? That's where you're going? Really? This was caused by moving the embassy to Jerusalem. Oh, my gosh. <sighs> wow. You know how many Jews were killed in Israel by terrorists last year? 122. 122. Was that Donald Trump's fault, too? Or was that just the evil Jews' fault? How many in France? France, they're moving out at a record number because they know they've seen this movie before. So tired of the West being to blame for everything. That there's nobody worse than us. I'm so tired. I was tired in 2008 when the president at the time was saying, you know, we're not going to allow people to round up Muslims in the middle of the night. We've never done that. We've never done that. Stop it. You know who is? China. One million Muslims are now in a concentration camp in China. Round it up. Why? Because they're Muslim. That's it. Where's everybody on that one? Is that because there's no white man involved? Is that what it is? Where is everybody on that one? America's so bad. Look at all the hatred and the racism and slavery. You know, slavery's still going on in Africa. Slavery's going on in the Middle East. Slavery's happening in China. It's happening in Brazil. It's happening in, in Haiti. It's happening in Mexico. Where are you on that one? I'm so tired of playing this game. When it comes to the Jewish people, 
I obviously don't speak for everybody, but I, I do speak for my audience on this one. You're not alone. There are millions of Christians who love you, who respect you, who are grateful, grateful for the preservation of the Torah. There are Americans that will hide you, God forbid. I just don't know who has to be hidden first. No people should have to live like this. No people should have to have armed security all the time. No people should have to have their children behind bulletproof glass. Nobody should have their their worship. I don't care if it's a mosque or a church or a synagogue. Nobody, nobody should be worshiping God and have somebody come in and kill everybody. This Saturday, I'm going to be in Pittsburgh, and I want you to join me. It happens to be the week anniversary of this shooting that we're doing the stage show in Pittsburgh, and I want you to come. I'm taking all of my proceeds, and I just saw that Mercury One has been doing a fundraiser now. Stand up against hate. They're raising funds to support the synagogue, the families of the 11 who lost their lives, the injured, the police officers who bravely ran into the line of fire, anybody who is involved. We want to try to help put their lives together. Saturday, M1 was out flying. They flew out to Pittsburgh right away, and they were meeting with people in Pittsburgh to assess the needs. And we would uh, love to have you join in the donations. If you would like to donate, you could go to mercuryone.org, mercuryone.org, uh, or uh, join me and uh, all of the proceeds of your ticket on Saturday's stage show in Pittsburgh. You can, uh, you can go to glenbeck.com slash tour now, and I will see you in Pittsburgh on Saturday. I want to talk to you a little bit about Simply Safe. Simply Safe is this this great company that uh, protects my home, protects my daughter's home, uh, protects the ruby slippers and the George Washington compass and and everything else here at the studios. It is a great service that's very affordable, uh, and it's only fourteen dollars and ninety nine cents a month to be able to have the twenty four seven monitoring. Yeah, and you can install it very easily. You don't have to worry about wires and everything. You can unsubscribe whenever you want. They make it very easy. And honestly, in 2018, how do you not have a home security system? I don't care where you live. I mean, my, I have relatives who live in a very, very, you know, good area with uh, that's, you know, in the middle of the woods, basically. Mm-hmm. And they had a break in a couple of years ago mm-hmm. because and they had no security system. And thankfully, they have one now. But you really kind of need one. Yeah. In today's world, you really kind of need yeah, one. You do. And, and this is the this is the 
most effective way and the most cost efficient system i think you're going to find anywhere it is top of the line it's won all kinds of awards it's simplysafebeck.com simplysafebeck.com no contracts 14.99 a month to have the monitoring but you you control all of it no strings no contracts no wires simplysafebeck.com so i tweeted over the weekend I'm so sick of those who want to blame this president for everything. He didn't express sympathy or expressed it fast enough. Stop it. There's a deep sickness taking root in this country, and it's spread here. Twitter has become the white van covered in despicable bumper stickers. Um, Listen to some of the responses. The deep sickness stems from a man who mocks and inflames hatred and bigotry. He's not the root cause, but he's fanning the flames. Yeah, Kathy, are you too? Are you doing that as well? Is CNN... Is is anybody else in the media doing that? Is Twitter fanning the flames? Uh, watch his rallies and tell me how he leads us into a, a unified uh, nation. Well, I tell you what, Allison in Kentucky, I'm going to take her in a minute. She was just at one of his rallies. Uh, let's see. Oh, Glenn, are you going to do an anti-Semitic attack on George Soros tonight? No. How many have you done over the years? None. Probably too many to count it. N- no, none. But, oh, yeah, right, Twitter is the problem. Well, see, Mike, it is because you don't have the facts. And all you're doing is you are being a blowhard without any facts. I'm not anti-Semitic. How? How? The Defender of Israel Award presented by the Prime Minister of Israel. He, George Soros, was paying for uh, anti-Glenn Beck protesters while I was doing a Defense of Israel uh, program in Israel. Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not anti-Semitic. Um, I, I point out the facts of what George Soros has used his money to do. Uh, oh, really? Really, Glenn? And now you're saying that he's paid for the caravan? Nope, I didn't say that. He paid He paid some of the money for the last caravan. But I don't have anything on this caravan. But let's just look at the facts. This is the Glenn Beck Program. So glad that you're here. Thank you, Allison in Kentucky. Thanks for holding. You're on the Glenn Beck Program. Good morning, Glenn. It's so difficult to hear you struggling this morning. Maybe I can give you and some of the longtime listeners some advice. Okay. Uh, I'm not really struggling. (laughs) uh, Look, I've been a subscriber to this network since it was GBTV. We hear in your voice when you're struggling a bit more than than usual. Okay. my, my, My advice is make it tangible. Because there's so many of us that tune in every day and and listen to this broadcast, but then we don't make it tangible. And even you were saying that you haven't been doing your shows, you haven't been out on the road for a while. I think that's going to be so good for you because you need to connect with the people. Yes, I agree. My friend and I, truly, uh, I have a a friend of mine that's a Vietnam veteran in his 70s, and we went all the way. We live in Ashland, Kentucky. We got up at 2 a.m., drove six hours to Illinois for the, the Trump rally this weekend on Saturday. Wow. And, and then stood for 11 hours straight because we, we were told the first 2,000 people in line would get into the hangar. And we knew we were going to get that way. And, and as we got through security, I'm looking at George saying, oh, I can't wait to sit down. And you get to the hangar and there were no seats. So there's the reality of we're going to be standing another six hours on concrete. So what no you're saying complained. is this president is a liar. 
I'm sorry, just playing uh, just playing CNN for a second. Go ahead, tell a story. Well, they, they, they could say it as much as they want. You know what? We, we were standing in line making fun of the Carbondale uh, Solidarity Network, which was a socialist group that was coming to protest. They had to have their 11 a.m. pancake breakfast before they came to protest. <laughs> and, you know, we, we were joking, well, do you think there were vegan and gluten-free options to go along with that? <laughs> right. But there were over 10,000 people there for the rally, and less than 75 people showed up to protest. There was not a piece of... I've heard you say this about your functions when you've had the restoring functions. There was no garbage. We, you would never know when there was 10,000 people there. Yeah. No one was complaining. Yeah. I was. I, I kind of had to warm up to Trump myself, and I was intimidated to go to one of these things because I was afraid if I said one negative thing, I was going to be completely shouted down. No, people were so open about talking and... You know, if someone had to go to the bathroom and, and their, their child stayed with us, I mean, you're in a group of 10,000 people. You trust strangers to watch your child while, while you, you run and do an errand and come back real quick. It was, it was such a positive environment. And, you know, it's like the president just happened to show up. It, it was, I, and I'm so glad he's actually going to be in Huntington on Friday, which is five miles away from where I live. But I'm so glad I went to Illinois because I remember standing in line and seeing uh, the, the headline break about the shooting. Mm-hmm. And we, we also went through the doubt of whether the president was going to show up or not. And this is after we'd gotten in the hangar. We'd been standing there for two hours, but we never gave up hope. And we were we, we all, you know, we, we had jokes of, you know, conservatives. The one thing liberals can do better than us is chant. We can't chant. It's like we need classes or something. Yeah, no, we suck. at that. <laughs> And I'm glad we suck at that. I'm really glad we suck at that. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's it was such a positive environment and our legs were, were just killing us by the time that he got there and george and i drove back that night it was a 28 hour road trip that we took for this experience and as exhausted as we were and as much as we were aching george looks at me and says he's doing one in missouri later this week isn't he how far is that well that one that one was just six hours (laughs) missouri was going to be eight but we were going to go until we found out that this one was going to happen right across the river on friday so fine, make it tangible. Uh, th- that's the best thing that I can say is, is go and meet these other people. 10,000 to 75. It, it, we're very quiet people, but we, you, you got to this rally and there, there was just an energy that was there that you realize we can be, there's hope for society. Yeah. Because granted, I got up and went to Walmart the next morning and people were cutting you off to get to the best parking spot. And you're like, <laughs> well, yep, I'm home. <laughs> Allison, hang on the second. I, I want to get you a copy of my book. I, I sign it. And I'll send it out to you. Thank you so much for holding and thanks for um, um, sharing that. It is that that is maybe if I, I don't, am I struggling today? Do you feel like I'm struggling today? Because I don't feel like I'm struggling today. I'm I'm a little frustrated at righteous at, indignation. I would say yeah, is, uh, and on I, the I'm, table. I'm frustrated that we concentrate on all the wrong things. And I think that's kind of what she's saying here. Um, see, these aren't the things we should be concentrating on. You know, the 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 president um, being an anti-Semite. Jeez, his daughter is Jewish. Uh, you know, how many Klan members are cool with that? Mm-hmm. I, I don't think any. And relatively few. Yeah. How many how many Nazis were like, oh, you know what? Yeah. OK, so my daughter's going to marry this Jewish guy. And she's going to become Jewish. That's great. That doesn't happen. Again, when you're talking about uh, American Jews, one of the main things they've asked the president for, for how many generations was to move the capital back to Jerusalem. And this is the guy that did it. I mean, he you know, look, it's insane it boils down to these ridiculous 
uh, summaries of what a person believes. They're, you're telling me you can't criticize someone on the on the left that you disagree with politically because they're Jewish, because then you get called an anti-Semite. In the same way, like a liberal should be able to criticize without fear of being called a racist, Clarence Thomas. They should be able to say, I think he's wrong on the, on the Constitution. They should absolutely be able to do that without being called racist. But it, this, this bizarre thing, and this is carried out today, not by, you know, Mother Jones and the Huffington Post where you'd expect it, but every mainstream media source asking question after question after question, what part of this? Give me a percentage. Tell me, please, how much of this is Donald Trump's fault? So here's, let me, let me do what Allison just said. Let's make it tangible. Here is Joe Lieberman on a very frustrating interview with CNN. Listen to this. Well, it's a shocking moment. I mean, we view it all through our own experience. I I have had a life as a Jewish American, which has been not only free of anti-Semitism, but I've had this opportunity to be elected senator from a state, Connecticut, where the Jewish population is about 2%. And then... Al Gore gives me the chance to run for vice president, first Jewish American on a national ticket. Uh, really, no, I faced no anti-Semitism. Uh, and uh, forgive me for going back to the end of the 2000 election. We actually got 500,000 more votes in the other ticket, which was a reflection in numbers that people weren't voting uh, based on religion. So when something like this happens, it's shocking, and it changes that reality. But I believe the reality is that the American people are very fair-minded, not bigoted. And you saw it in the wholesome reaction of the uh, yes. neighbors who were not Jewish in Squirrel Hill, Pittsburgh, and in the elected officials there. It was very genuine. I, and, and, of course, this does not please CNN. This is not what they wanted out of Joe Lieberman. They didn't bring him on to say that he had a good experience as an American. They didn't bring him on to say positive things. They brought him on to to clarify exactly what portion of this is Donald Trump's fault. Tell us so we don't have to say it. Say he's responsible so we can have plausible deniability that's, that, that this is exactly what we believe. We don't want to come out and say it 5,000 times. We'll just hint to it. You say it, okay? Is essentially the way they lead into this next question. And again, he is not giving them what, what they want to hear. Listen. Do you believe that there are those who perceive those to be anti-Semitic dog whistles? When you see the, hmm. the, one of the closing ads of his campaign, hmm. George Soros, uh, oh, Janet Yellen, hmm. Lloyd Blankfein from hmm. Goldman Sachs with dark, ominous pictures and talking about the money in the international so banking. Just a question, though, guys. Is that something that, that sends a message? Yeah. Well, the first thing I want to say is that, in my opinion, this brutal murder in Pittsburgh really had to was committed by... Uh, hateful loner who was probably more stimulated by uh, uh, anti-Semitism in uh, social media than by anything else going around him. He, w- he was against uh, President Trump. And it's real. Uh, real I-, I was glad to see that this website is taking itself down uh, for a while. And, and all the uh, social media people have to ask whether they're becoming vehicles for this kind of hatred. But more generally, I think all of us uh, have to, uh, beginning with the president, Democratic and Republican leaders in Congress, people in the media, conventional media and the more uh, uh, unconventional social media, have to ask ourselves, to what extent are we contributing to the division in our society? Charlie Dent and I have worked together in a group called No Labels. 
trying to overcome the way the parties have become like warring tribes. But this goes beyond yeah. that. Of he just course. said tribe. He and just said tribe. None of he us did. Want he that. Just so said what would tribe. I say? When the president makes a, a, a constructive uh, statement about unity, uh, let's praise him for it hmm. and, and urge him to build on it and, and think about ways in which uh, he can act so that no one can ever say uh, he, he somehow was responsible for for violence or, or hatred. Again, that's a the, the Joe Lieberman 47-minute response. Uh, but, I mean, you get the summary there. I mean, first of all, this guy was not pro-Trump. Not. I mean, he was viscerally anti-Trump in a way of he you know what I don't like about Donald Trump is he's too nice to Jews that is essentially what the guy was saying on his social network over and over and over and over again uh, so he was not a pro-Trump guy that shot up this uh, this synagogue uh, and you know like it's important to make that distinction and how do you bring people together the exact opposite of what CNN's trying to do in that clip he mm-hmm. caught I mean without saying he does it in the nicest Joe Lieberman possible way right but what he's saying is what you're doing right now by trying to make this into a situation where it's Trump is blamed, what we should do is wrong. What we should do instead is when he says something that we think helps the environment, we should praise it. Sure, certainly, generally speaking, we have an issue with our discourse. I think I think almost everybody would agree with that. Um, but when it comes to this shooting, it's not related, right? So here's what the media should have done this weekend. The media should have said, okay, so what role does rhetoric on social media and from the president and from the press and everything else, what role does media play in 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 the life of a guy who, as we saw, this non-white male um, tried to commit with, uh, you know, with the pipe bombs? The guy was nuts. The guy was absolutely nuts. He was a loner. He had finally found a cause that he could, you know, rally behind. He, you know, was nuts. He was nuts. Okay. So that one. What role does politics play? Does the media play? Do politicians play in winding people up? That's a viable answer, a question on that particular topic. And not just about Trump, but the whole thing. What, what role does the media play? What about Twitter? What about Facebook? What's winding some of these people up? What happens in the future? Okay. Valid. The shooting in Pittsburgh? Here's how they should have covered this. This guy was a anti-Semite who this clearly had nothing to do with politics. The guy hated Donald Trump. This is just a loner, just like the guy in the van. He had no friends. He had no friends. He was a sick, twisted guy. What is the hole in America? Why are we seeing this now? Because it's not Donald Trump, and it's not Barack Obama. It's not the left. It's not the right. There's something fundamentally missing here. What is it? Why are we changing? Why are our kids killing themselves at a record rate? There's a bigger issue here than politics, but nobody in the media wants to address it because nobody in the media and nobody in politics can win. By the way, we're doing an episode tonight on 
what happened in Brazil, the uh, candidate in Brazil, and why does that matter? Why does that matter? It's a really important uh, monologue uh, that you don't want to miss, and that is on tonight's uh, uh, TV show, The Blaze, at 5 p.m. All right, sponsor this half hour is LifeLock Cybersecurity. I mean, cybersecurity. <sighs> Do you really think that you're safe? I mean, with anything? I mean, online? I mean, no. No way. No way. Report after report, basically every day. There's another one of these things where, hey, 500 million you know, subscribers were, yep. were vulnerable to this particular thing. And it happens, I mean, all the time. So cyber attacks are happening. Uh, people are ha- trying to hack in and get your identity. You know, it's happening with uh, businesses and 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 personally to people. We've been attacked a couple of times. LifeLock has pulled my butt out of the fire a couple of times. Wouldn't have known it. Now they have joined with Norton Security, and they help protect you against the threats for your identity, but also the devices that you aren't going to be able to see or fix on your own. Now, nobody can stop all cyber threats, prevent all identity theft, or monitor all transactions at all businesses, but LifeLock with Norton Security, they're going to see the threats that you might miss. So call LifeLock now at 1-800-LIFELOCK or go to LifeLock.com. 1-800-LIFELOCK or LifeLock.com. Make sure you use the promo code BECK and get an extra 10% off your first year plus a $25 Amazon gift card with annual enrollment. It's promo code BECK. Terms do apply. Welcome to the program. Glad you're here. Just a quick side note. I was trying to buy something for the uh, museum uh, on Friday. There was this uh, auction, and I thought nobody knew about it. Uh, the first artificial intelligence artwork went up for sale at Christie's. Okay, They said that they expected to go for $10,000. And uh, so I'm watching this, and I'm thinking this is a good investment for the future because someday the first one is going to be worth a lot of money, blah, blah, blah. Uh, yeah, I think it went for $250,000. Wow. Done by an algorithm. Done by an algorithm. Is it better than the crappy art that's in a lot of these museums? Uh, yeah. Really? Yeah. Yeah. And it's signed at the bottom in algorithm, in, in a mathematical, ma- mathematical formula. <laughs> it's, it's pretty amazing. It studied all of the old masters and then did an original painting itself. It's actually really pretty good. It's really pretty good. That's amazing. So, did yeah. you get it? Where are you going to put it? Yeah, no, uh-uh, no, no, I didn't. No, I didn't. No, uh-uh, no, no. You wouldn't go up to two fifty no, for a, I wouldn't, no, a computer painting. No, <laughs> I have MS Paint. I'll make something for yeah. you on it. Yeah, you like kinda, it? I kind of like the one with the Banksy. Do you see the Banksy that went that went up <laughs> yeah. and then started to shred? As soon as the ga- as the hammer fell, it started to shred. That is a solid prank. I got to say, that, that is, is amazing. <laughs> I mean, the foresight on that. He did that years, years ago. Years ago, yeah. Years ago. Glenn Beck, Mercury.